And we got people uh, running around here with Bentley exteriors and bus pass interiors. You know, they look mm. phenomenal. We will put so much time, energy, and effort on looking well mm. as opposed to act, actually being well. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pearls and Politics Podcast. My name is Kahala, and I'm your host. We are so happy to have you with us today as we continue our series on mental health in the African-American community. Today, as we continue to polish our pearls and try to focus on becoming our best selves emotionally and psychologically, we will discuss a topic near and dear to me, the state of the African-American woman's mental health. Joining me today is my dear friend and licensed clinical professional counselor, Tyler Roy. Hello, Tyler. Hello, Miss Kyla. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you today? I am wonderful and I'm extremely elated to be here with you today. So thank you. And I am elated to have you. So you already know how I feel about you. Mm -hmm. And so to have you here today to discuss um, mental health mm -hmm. and the African-American woman just means so much to me. Like when I was thinking, who should it be? Mm -hmm. Literally no one else came to mind. And so, because when I think of everything that you do, mm -hmm. um, you have a strong social media presence. Okay. Um, you have a large community that follows you and loves you mm -hmm. and you give it to us straight. Like we straight, <laughs> like there is no, buffer there's no chaser and it's perfect the way your delivery is perfect and so I wanted you to come on today and talk to our viewers and our listeners about our mental health yes about our struggles and challenges mm -hmm. and getting past that mm -hmm. to a place of healing um I'm not going to cry today it's not, I'm not. Okay, that's a challenge that we're going to have for each other okay we're not Okay. That a pack. Pinky promise. Okay. Okay. So, yes, I mm -hmm. wanted you to come on and talk to us mm -hmm. about us today. Okay. So, tell our viewers and listeners, how do we know each other? Okay. We, pinky promise, right? Yes. Okay. So, you are a little bit younger than me. Operative word being a little bit younger That's than right. me. That's so you kind of came up with my brother. Um, but our reintroduction was when we were both panelists. And I don't know if you even remember this. When we were panelists for the Big Hat Brunch. Yes. Which was a phenomenal experience, if you remember that. Just a, a room full of women. And um, you introduced me to the biblical story of Ruth. And I was at a tough time in my life at that point. And I was contemplating doing a book about my healing process. So this had to be about 12 years ago. You introduced me to the story of Ruth um, and then the beauty for my ashes and my greater being better, my latter being better than my greater. And I don't think you realized at that point, we already had an organic mm -hmm. um, connection, just being co-panelists. But when you spoke about that and you broke that thing down, I don't think you realized how much of an influence that that had on me. And I was empowered. And that was the confirmation that I needed. So you don't even realize that you were really a big push for me to even get my book out and to become as 
committed as I am about the healing process, just for what you shared and introducing me to roots. So a lot of times I call you, that's my moniker, my roots. So I thank you for that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. That really means a lot because coming from you, mm -hmm. someone who is so powerful, so oh. strong, so knowledgeable, you've been through a lot in life mm -hmm. as we all have, mm -hmm. and you have overcome all of it mm -hmm. and come out literally on top mm -hmm. of all of it, literally. And as a matter of fact, I owe you another congratulations as mm -hmm. if I haven't congratulated you enough already. Okay. So tell us, what's the congratulations for? Because I'm going to be a wife. Yay. Yes, as of two weeks ago, it was official. Um, I accepted a proposal. Um, no, we haven't set any kind of dates or anything. I'm ecstatic. I'm at a great place, so I'm excited. So thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. So mm -hmm. speaking of great places mm -hmm. and great spaces and, and healing from places that we've been, no matter what, it doesn't have to be relationships. Mm -hmm. It could be loss. It could be mm -hmm. grief of anything or mm -hmm. anyone um, and just being in, as we stated in a previous episode, living in such uncertain times. Mm. Mm -hmm. So what does Tyler, what does the LCPC want our community of women to know mm -hmm. moving forward? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I will let people know, and I think one of, if there is a silver lining to this whole pandemic, it is the fact that it has catapulted the importance of sound mental health to the forefront. When you, what has happened as a result, um, corporations, agencies, the government is recognizing and realizing we need people to be mentally sound. We need people. We've, we've gone through a collective trauma. And so now there's, there's this push. It fortunately, Mental health is not as stigmatized as, as, as it has been historically. And so what is going on now is that people are becoming more comfortable when you're hearing celebrities, when you hear people like Charlemagne the God, when you hear people like um, Regina King, when you hear people like Nia Long who are being very vocal about the importance of mental health, when people are saying I have to see my therapist every week. It's not, it's becoming more normalized and it's becoming more socially acceptable as opposed to in the past mm -hmm. where we've been made to feel like there's this shroud of um, secrecy or this shroud of um, shame or embarrassment with I'm needing help. So now it's becoming more socially acceptable to say and to get help. So I think now that we're, we're being forced to realize that it's imperative, um, Jobs and corporations are recognizing and standing behind people. I see a push, even with the shift with churches. Historically, what have we, we what have we been taught, especially in the black neighborhood, in the black culture? What goes on in this house stays in this house. Mm -hmm. Or if there are issues, we're going to go to church and we're going to pray it away. Um, I'm actually commissioned by a lot of different churches here locally as they're realizing some things we can't just pray away. Mm -hmm. So our community, a lot of time is plagued with unresolved traumas, who experiences grief and loss and traumatic events more than we do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that's, we're moving to a place where mental health, getting mental health services is less stigmatized, more socially acceptable, and now more people are doing it. Well, that's 
Um, very true, because mm-hmm. as you said, from the celebrities, and of course, no one will ever for, forget Simone Biles in the Olympics. Yes, absolutely. And I think that really, in addition to the Nia Longs and mm-hmm. the Charlemagnes, that, I mean, that put it on everybody's mm-hmm. radar. Mm-hmm. So no matter your race, no matter mm-hmm. your gender, whether mm-hmm. you were in China mm-hmm. or America, mm-hmm. she put it all the way mm-hmm. on the map and she chose her. Mm-hmm. In, in every way in that instance. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people were just, they just couldn't believe it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was the Olympics and mm-hmm. you trained your whole life and, you know, but mm-hmm. she said, I'm going to choose me. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like you said, the stigma, mm-hmm. it's its loosening its grip mm-hmm. um, because I'm with you. Like you said, I'm only just a little younger. You're, you're mm-hmm. so young and I am too. Um, <laughs> but just in our generation, you did not go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You did not talk about mental illness. Mm-hmm. You did not do any of those things. To So for mm-hmm. you to be able to sit here and tell us that it's loosening, like I said, loosening mm-hmm. its grip mm-hmm. on our community and on the world. And mm-hmm. so now we can move into those spaces mm-hmm. to come see you freely. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's good to be like, what'd you say? Oh, I'm going to go see my therapist. Oh, mm-hmm. I got I got a therapy appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all going to wait mm-hmm. because I'm going to therapy. Absolutely. So, yeah. And and people are now they're not as ashamed. It's, it's not again with that stigma being removed. People realize I tell people this all the time. There is a misconception that crazy people go to therapy or it has been historically. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, people come to therapy to keep from going crazy. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that I see people are in therapy because of people in their lives who they love, who should really be in therapy. So when we start mm-hmm. looking at, at, at all of these things, we just got through, or we're getting through what's called a collective trauma with this pandemic. There's not a, a place on the globe that was not impacted by That's COVID. Right. And so On top of that, we were dealing with political unrest. And here in the throes of a a global pandemic, we were still reminded about the racial tensions with with, um, George Floyd. We were reminded that even in the midst of a global pandemic, that we're still at a huge disadvantage across the board. So we're dealing with this collective trauma, trying to figure out how to get through these things, and we're still being pelted. When I tell you the mental health profession has been, when it has been so inundated with just I've been spending, I guess, with the last couple months just really troubleshooting and trying to get people to understand not to get discouraged because we're bustling at the seams at points. Um, I tell people when I was, I had my, uh, how can I put this? I had my established clients that I was seeing. And then when the pandemic struck, I had a whole new series of people who had never dealt with any kind of depression or anxiety. Then Mm -hmm. I had children. Then I had first responders. Then I had teachers and administrators and principals who were trying to get acclimated. So there was just, you know, this huge demand. You had telehealth, which came on the scene and made it accessible to everybody. So you had all of these people wanting services right away. And you didn't have enough clinicians to be able to provide that. Right. So now you have these disenchanted people are like, I can't find a therapist anywhere. We're here and we're getting to it. But the important part is that people are realizing I need this. You don't have to be, you know, severely depressed to see a therapist. Sometimes you seek therapy to prevent. We're talking about preventative measures. You see a therapist or you seek therapy to prevent becoming severely depressed. Yes. So I know for me, I 
I have a friend mm-hmm. and she is has no what you would, you know, diagnose or anything mm-hmm. like that, but she is the poster child for I do it so I don't get there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's like between work mm-hmm. and, and being a wife and motherhood and everything else that goes. And like you said, the social traumas, mm-hmm. because whether or not we understand or we think, oh, well, that doesn't affect me mm-hmm. because it didn't happen to me. But it really does affect me because I hear about it. I watch mm-hmm. it on the news. Mm-hmm. People are talking about it at work. And then and I'm kind of worried about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it really could be me. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things impact us, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And whatever affects our mental health. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it a lot of times affects my physical health. Mm-hmm. It manifests from my brain to my body. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so. Again, coming up with a plan mm-hmm. to be able to have the conversation, to be able to give Tyler a call and be mm-hmm. like, you got anything on your book? Like, mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. I can I get five minutes mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. time? Because we really want to be able to be healthy mm-hmm. mentally and otherwise. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your journey mm-hmm. from East St. Louis mm-hmm. all the way to where you are today mm-hmm. and how your life experiences mm-hmm. from the 89 blocks all the way to your private practice how that like builds itself or Mm -hmm. pours itself into your practice and your clients. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people may not even realize that my earliest career started in corrections. I still have a huge passion for corrections. I was actually a probation and parole officer for the state of Missouri for nine years prior to, and that, that. yes, for nine years. And it was really that during my career with probation and parole that got me interested in counseling. And Probably year five, of year four of my career, it's like this light bulb went on in the state of Missouri and maybe um, even nationally where people were realizing most of the offenders that we're seeing, they're not necessarily just these bad people. They just make horrible choices and decisions. So there was this huge push. Um, they were pushing reality therapy and cognitive restructuring. And they were, you know, they were looking for people to facilitate groups, which basically says, If you want to learn how to make better choices and decisions, you have to change your thinking. So they understood that a lot of the choices and decisions, substance abuse, crime committing, domestic violence, a lot of that that they were seeing on the corrections end and in the probation and parole and criminal end were coming from flawed decision making, unresolved trauma, unaddressed mental health issues and things of that nature. So an inaccessibility to resources. So there became this huge push to do, you know, to do cognitive restructuring. Let's help them learn how to think differently so that they act differently and maybe the outcomes are different. So I became super interested in that. And I was one of the facilitators for this cognitive restructuring thing. And I absolutely loved it. I loved watching the light bulb come on for people. I loved watching people who had historically made a mess of their lives up until that point. So I didn't realize there was a different way that I could do it. And I remember getting ready, um, to transition there was at that point this is so interesting at that point and there's probably a culture shift now maybe but at that point people would have rather probation and parole officers would have rather dealt with 10 male offenders than one female offender. So they start doing this big push. We're going to do a gender specific caseload. You know, everybody was talking about this gender. We're going all female caseload. And I just remember thinking to myself, what idiot are they going to find to do just an all female caseload? 
The very next day, I was called into the office. And then they asked you. Yes, because of the work I had done with the cognitive restructuring. And so with the cognitive restructuring groups. So to make a long story short, um, I started working very closely with these women one-on-one in an an intensive um, supervision kind of capacity. And I realized if you teach people and you give them an opportunity to talk about the things that they've gone through, if you give them a space, a safe space to talk about the things that they're going through, there's an issue, there's a good possibility that there's going going to be some resolution to those issues. People don't wake up and say, I just want to be a hardcore criminal. I want to wake up mm-hmm. and I want to start doing crack. I want to wake up and I want to start, you know, neglecting my children. They don't wake up to do that. But a lot of their circumstances prevent them from having the tools and the knowledge and the insight and the resources to be able to do it. So when I got ready, when I started realizing the impact I was making, I was like, I can't do this. There's only so much I can do as a probation officer. So I started moving towards counseling. And when I got ready to leave, after I got done with my degree, my master's degree in counseling, I got ready to leave, and I remember a 30-year veteran saying to me, Tyler, I need to know your secret. I've never seen adult men and women crying because they were losing their probation officer. I need to know what you what, what you do differently. What's the sauce? What's the I sauce? Need to know. And so I, I, I realized that cognitive restructuring, cognitive behavioral therapy, helping people to understand how their trauma or even early trauma was impacting their decision making. When I realized that I could do that through counseling, I was I was hooked, line of sinker. I, I I knew that that was was what I was called to do. And so I started off. I have a, an extensive history. I started off in with the geriatric population in nursing homes. I did a lot of work with with foster care, specialized foster care, and traditional foster care. I did a lot of work with at risk youth um, in a residential placement setting. Um, one of my, and I don't think we talked about it, but one of my um, licensures is. I'm an Illinois licensed LCPC, but I'm also a licensed sex offender treatment provider. I'm a sex offender, um, certified sex offender treatment specialist. I'm a certified clinical trauma professional and a certified clinical child and adolescent trauma professional. So I love love the fact that I'm able to help people understand how that trauma impacts them um, and how if they can kind of resolve some of those issues, it can help them with um, better decision making and just being healthy, happier and healthier across the board. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So you have lots of experience mm-hmm. and lots of, you know, certifi- are those certifications or? The, the LS- LSOTP, the Licensed Sex Offender Treatment Provider, that's an, L- an actual licensure. The other ones are certified. Um, clinical certifications that you get like post whatever your licensure is in your respective state. So it comes, you know, so I I actually, I have a great passion for, for trauma. That is awesome because I've seen as your journey has progressed, Mm -hmm. I see how you continue to get your licensures and you continue Mm -hmm. to get your certifications. And again, you have a whole Village. It's way bigger than a village at this point. A whole tribe. Oh. What do you call it? A tribe, Chris? We, you have a whole tribe of people mm-hmm. who support and love what mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. And it shows in how you deal with everyday people mm-hmm. who are not the sex offenders. They're not mm-hmm. the people in corrections. Mm-hmm. But how you deal with your family, how mm-hmm. you deal with your friends, mm-hmm. and just the way that you relate mm-hmm. to people in general. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I can see how all of your life experience mm-hmm. then translates into the wonderful work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you choose to go into private practice? Mm-hmm. Because as we all want to know here at Pros and Politics Podcast, Miss Roy has a private practice that mm-hmm. we all want to know about where it's mm-hmm. located, who you see, mm-hmm. um, what your hours are. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people want to reach out to mm-hmm. an excellent, amazing, wonderful female mm-hmm. LCPC, they can come right here. Mm-hmm. So where's your practice and who mm-hmm. do you see? Okay. My practice is located in Swansea, Illinois. Um, I have actually been in private practice now 16 years. Um, I've been in this in the mental health profession for 22 years. I've been in private practice for 16. I'm located in Swansea, right off 159. Um, I have evening and every other Saturday morning hours. And I have those hours, and I'll, I'll get to this too, because I think this is an interesting point too. Um, I have those hours, which allows me to really be able to accommodate people who work full time or who work Monday through Friday and have pretty unconventional hours. Um, so Saturday morning, sometimes I see children, I see adults, I see um, the geriatric population, I see individual couples and um, families. Um so anything, my specialties are any kind of mood and behavior disorders, adolescent or adult mood or behavior disorders, post-trauma issues, grief loss issues, uh, relational issues, um, any kind of um, major life transition. I especially like my work with so women's issues. Um, so I, I, I pretty much, I don't have a set, you know, some clinicians are just like, I only want to see children. Some clinicians are, mm-hmm. I only want to see, you know, I have people of all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds, our religious backgrounds. I don't, I'm a Christian, but I don't build, I'm not billed as a Christian therapist. Um, I, one of the things that I think that people appreciate about me, and, and this is going to sound crazy, so I'm going to clarify. I told you I've been in private practice 16 years. I have about four people who've been with me for 16 years. And it doesn't mean, wow. you know, I, I always try to do my disclaimer because I don't, I'm like, I don't want people to say, well, doll, they've been with you for 16 years. You must not be that good. But what happens is, you know, throughout their lives, they may have started coming to see me because they were going through a divorce. And then, you know, so they got over that hump and then they've come for a year or they've, they have, they've been gone for a year and doing fine and then somebody dies and then they come back and then, you know, they're doing okay and then their kids go away to school. So then there's another, you know, adjustment. So I have some people who have literally been with me for 16 years. I think if you were to talk to all of the people that I see, I think the one thing that they would appreciate, the golden thread about me and my delivery is they're gonna get that clinical piece, they're gonna get that compassionate piece, they're gonna get that person who knows what they're talking about from a theoretical standpoint, but they're also gonna get that piece that's like, girl, look. Oh, they gonna get Tyler. They, they're, they're, they're gonna, gonna get, get that Tyler. And, and, and I tell people, you know, I. I try to be as honest as I can. Um, if you're not ready, I understand that. And I don't have any reservations about saying, you know, you're not quite ready yet, you know, and, and I get that. But come to me when you're ready to work, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want somebody to just tell you what you want to hear, I'm not that therapist for you. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to educate you, I'm going to empower you, but I'm also going to hold you accountable. And I say all the time, I, I guarantee you, there are people that want to get up and knock off, when they're getting ready, done with their session, they want to knock everything off in my on my office, on my desk, uh, uh, in my office and off my desk. 
but they always say, when's my next appointment? Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe in accountability, but I also, and also I believe in teaching. I believe in empowering, but I, and I also believe in giving people a safe space to be able to talk about what it is that's hindering them from living their absolute best lives. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to, and I, I don't know if we discussed this beforehand, but I'm also a full-time provider for SIF. And so as a full-time provider for SIF, I'm located in Centerville. That enables me to be able to ensure, and if you know anything about Centerville, um, the Centerville area, it provides service to East St. Louis, to Centerville, to Cahokia Heights, to Washington Park. That's a totally different demographic. Mm -hmm. And being a provider there, allows me to ensure quality mental health services to people who've been underserved and who ordinarily may not have access to that. So when I tell you I'm the one thing that is the same is my level of commitment to both of those those uh serve both of those populations that I serve. Now explain for those who don't know what mm-hmm. ZIF is. Southern Illinois Healthcare Foundation. And so if you are familiar with the Centerville area, it's, it was formerly known as the Mother and Child Center, but it's now the Centerville location site for. Um, and I remember when I initially was hired with CIV about six years ago, I was actually contracted to work at a whole nother site. And one day after signing my contract, they said, we got another couple sites that we would like for you to check out. When I walked into those doors in Centerville, I said, this is where I want to be. I don't need to look anywhere else. This is this is this is where I need to be. And so I get the pleasure every single day of waking up, being able to do something that I absolutely love. And one of the benefits being at SIF is the people that I serve there, they get to see somebody that looks like them. They get to see somebody who is from the same mm-hmm. area that they're from. A lot of times people don't realize that how well how well you fare in therapy is largely contingent on the relationship that you have with your, your clinician, ther- yes. with your therapist. Absolutely. You know, you got to be able to connect. We're talking about my traumas. We're talking about my insecurities. We're talking about my relationships with my families, my most my most intimate, you know, secrets and things that I've struggled with. I have to have have a connection with you. So right. for my the folks that I see as Sid, for them to be able to say she looks like me, she she's she knows some of the struggles that I've had to encounter. She knows some of the traumas that we've been through. She knows what it's like to tragically lose people very unexpectedly through gun violence. She understands these things. That relatability, I think, a lot of times is is very soothing and encouraging for people who ordinarily may have some reservations about talking to a mental health professional. So in essence, the longest shot of it is I see everybody. And I love, there's not a, I don't have a preference. I do a lot of work with women and a lot with adolescent girls. And I absolutely love that population, but I love them all. <laughs> I love them all. And I don't think there's any question mm-hmm. as to the level of care mm-hmm. that men and women and children get from Tyler Roy oh. because it, it emanates from mm-hmm. you. It is something that you can tell you, you live it, mm-hmm. you breathe it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like the air you breathe and the mm-hmm. water you drink because, and you don't come off judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't come off preachy. Mm-hmm. Um, you come off, like you said, I'm going to give you my clinician mm-hmm. and all of my education and mm-hmm. all of my stuff, but then I'm going to give you, 
Tyler, I'm going to give you Centerville, East St. Louis, Washington. You're going to get all this black edge girl magic You're going to get edge You're going to get edge <laughs> mind today. You're going to get that. all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the, re- the relatability, I think that's one of the reasons that we have gravitated to each other as mm-hmm. much as we have, though we have different life experiences. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we have life experiences. Mm-hmm. And so your genuineness comes mm-hmm. off so immediately. Mm-hmm. And so I am absolutely certain that that comes off to your uh, clients mm-hmm. because, I mean, sometimes I feel like on social media, we're all your clients. <laughs> Somebody actually said that. Tyler wakes up and t- I'd be like, okay, she waking up to teach the people today. Go ahead, teach the people today, Tyler, because you not play. Ouch, Tyler, that that hurt. But okay, but I'm going to be right today. I'm going to have what I need to have. And so I think that is so important because... Again, to be able to connect Mm -hmm. is what's going to make that person open up, what's Mm going to make that person then, once they're open up, allow you to come in Mm -hmm. and fix those broken places. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have to be willing, right? Mm -hmm. We can't Mm -hmm. be, but your training and your experience just allows you to just, I mean, people just love you. Mm -hmm. And so just to be able to have that connection with your therapist Mm -hmm. is just what so many people need. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, We've talked about how the stigmas are falling away, Mm -hmm. but what would you encourage or what would you recommend to help pull those last layers of stigma off Mm -hmm. for women, for African-American women and for Mm -hmm. our community? Because it's still it's still there. Mm -hmm. And so what work are you doing and what work do we need to do to finally push some of those last layers Mm -hmm. back? Mm -hmm. So I think. Helping people, I love the psychoeducation and the community community education aspect of, of counseling. Okay. What I mean by that is just not just being in a one-on-one setting in my office, but actually um, informing people of what, you know, what mental health, good sound mental health services look like, what a therapy session looks like, what you should expect, what okay. you shouldn't expect, who's, who's a good candidate. There's this misconception that, you have to have a diagnosed mental health condition in order to see a mm-hmm. therapist. I do have people who have mild to severe mental health issues, but I also have people who are saying, you know what? My life is okay, but I know it could be so much better. Okay. So they're wanting to just they're wanting to just enhance their lives. A lot of it is, and you talked about this earlier, being proactive with things. Um with, with our children, with ourselves, with our marriages, relationships, with our familial relationships, you know, being proactive. Don't wait until there's a huge problem. Don't wait until I'm severely depressed. Don't wait until you have to be hospitalized for a psychotic break or a, a major depressive uh, break before you say, I think I may need some help. Um, we have to have open, honest dialogue with the people that we care about. We talk about friend groups and we talk about self-care. You know, sometimes we are in that friend group and we have that good girlfriend that we know is falling apart at the seams, but we think, oh, we're gonna go to Margarita Mondays. You know, we're gonna Taco Tuesday. We're gonna, do, and we, we gonna be fine. And in actuality, no, be a friend to that person and say, I'm coming from a place of love. Let's, let's see what we can do to get you the help that you need. So being proactive, being willing to be um, communicative and honest when you see that there's a problem, even if that problem is, is within yourself. You know, mm-hmm. um, you talked about earlier about all of the demands that we have sometimes as women. That's the superwoman syndrome. That's a whole nother segment. Um, so, but when you talk about 
being able to educate people. So that's that's my part, educating the community, whether it's on a small scale or whether it's on a large scale. Here's what mental health services look like. A lot of people don't even realize you when you pay insurance somewhere, you're paying your premium every month. Your mental health services are built into that. You know, so most places have an EAP program, an employee assistance program, where you're allotted four, six, eight, 12 free sessions. There's a misconception that, you know, um, mental health, you know, therapy is too expensive. Your insurance covers that. There is. There is that misconception. Ninety Over 90% of the people that I see through Southern Illinois Healthcare or Medicaid recipients. Don't tell me, or a sliding scale where you may be paying a nominal fee of $10, $20. It is extremely affordable. It is becoming increasingly affordable. You have so many different options. Now, some people will say, well, I don't like going into an office. I don't like going. You have teletherapy. Now, you don't even have to leave the comforts of your home to receive quality mental health services. So increasing awareness, letting increasing the visibility of people who are willing to say, not only do I go to therapy, but let me show you how therapy has worked for me. You're my my you're not just my friend in real life. You're my friend on social media. I'm floored sometimes and moved to tears with the testament or testaments that people will put publicly on my page. You know, acknowledging what working with me has done for them or how therapy has been beneficial for them. Or I had somebody just do something like this huge write up and I, I just sat in my office and cried and she, she credited me with saving her life. I mean, she did this whole Testament, you know, on her page, shared it on my page. So people being boisterous and vocal and communicative about, I'm not just telling you something that I know or that I suspect. I'm telling you something that I've watched. And here's the proof of how how, how I've become better as a result of therapy. So increased visibility, making sure that people are aware of the accessibility of resources um, to them in their areas, um, assuring people that maybe maybe individual therapy is not for you. Maybe you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Group therapy, you know, is, you know, you also now have teletherapy where you don't even have to talk. You can text therapy. Now, I'm not a big proponent of that because I still like the one-on-one, the actual um, interaction, interaction, you know. So you've got so many different avenues and vehicles out here. There is no reason that somebody who is in a mental health crisis should not be getting the services that they need. And again, you have churches now who've historically tried to tell you, oh, we're just going to pray it away, that are saying, nah, I have, I know that there's probably about four pastors locally, if not more, that have me on speed dial. And it's funny that you would mention that because one of my favorite uh, quotes of many from Pastor Jamal Bryant mm-hmm. is you need a Jesus and a therapist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it tickled me so the first time I heard him say mm-hmm. it, but that is absolutely the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm with you. I'm a Christian. My faith gets me through a lot. Mm -hmm. And so that will never be diminished Mm -hmm. or dismissed. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. that you and I both know. Mm -hmm. And in the world today, no, again, Mm -hmm. I want people to understand this is not a race thing. This is not a gender thing. Mm -hmm. This is not a socioeconomic Mm -hmm. thing. This is a human being. Mm -hmm. This is a a life thing Mm -hmm. that we want to be mentally strong and healthy. 
And there is absolutely nothing wrong with God and a therapist. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, one, one of my favorite that. mantras, one of my favorite mantras, I said, we got people uh, running around here with Bentley exteriors and bus pass interiors. You know, they look mm. phenomenal. We will put so much time, energy, and effort on looking well as opposed to act, actually being well. And when I say well, being well holistically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, you know, what good is it to, to be successful mm -hmm. by the world standards, mm -hmm. but severely depressed? You know, you have people like Anthony Bourdain, you have people like, you know, I always reference people like Robin Williams, Anthony Bourdain, you know, Kate Spade, these people who are at the top of their game, you know, they're revered by, by the world, you know, in their respective careers, yet they're so miserable. Robin Williams spent his entire life making the world laugh, but he was so miserable that he took his own life. You know, Anthony Bourdain was away, you know, filming for his next, for his next cooking show and took his own life. You know, so a lot of times we are so busy and so committed to looking well that we're not you know, we're not devoting enough time, energy, and effort to actually being well. And it's out there. The help is out there. So in addition to therapy and your services, what are some of the more organic ways that you, mm -hmm. for instance, mm -hmm. make sure that you are mentally healthy, mm -hmm. that you are in the best space for mm -hmm. you to be able to give everything mm -hmm. that you give to the rest of us, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the rest of the world. What else do you do? Do you do self-care? Do you, you know, go run? Like what does, mm -hmm. what do you do and what do you recommend for those mm -hmm. of us? We might already be in therapy. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, Oh, are there other options, mm -hmm. Tyler? Mm -hmm. Or, Therapy may not be where we're at mm -hmm. yet, but you might have something else that you mm -hmm. can recommend on that road or that mm -hmm. might be just what that person needs. Mm -hmm. So therapy should be used in conjunction with all those things. You need a sound support system. You need um, to ensure that health, you know, health wise that you're, you know, that you're making sure that you're the in, at the most optimal place that you can be physically health wise spiritually you need to be making sure you're, you're checking on yourself you're aligning yourself with those things that are good for you spiritually self-care this is the i'm the self-care queen but not only people have to understand i spend all day absorbing and when you read i tell my you, mind when I'm i tell you like she deals with all of this on a daily basis when i tell you kahala to hear some of the stories to talk to people when they are in the throes of some of the most despicable, despondent, unbelievable situations, traumatic situations that you could even possibly muster up, um, to absorb that every day. I learned early. Now, initially as a, as a, a new therapist, of course, it was exhausting, you know, but I had to learn quickly. If you're gonna stay in this field, you have to learn how to balance. You have to learn how to, you know, I don't ever, that's just like a somebody who's a stylist, okay, a hairstylist. You're not at work, you're not in the salon, but you may be standing behind somebody, you know, in the grocery store and be like, oh, she got the worst split ends. You know, it's something that you just can't turn off. So I can never turn off being a therapist. But in order to be a good mother, a good daughter, a good partner, a good friend, I have to be able to differentiate and set some boundaries and completely, you know, kind of. So I never completely disconnect, but I have to be able to kind of decompress. So when I say self-care, I mean self-care. 
a lot of times people say, oh, I'm going to take me a mental health day. And so they'll take a mental health day. Mm-hmm. They'll go get a massage, but you're checking your work text. You know, you, uh-huh. you're checking your work text. Your phone is ringing. You're, you're making sure. <laughs> I'm just going to respond to this thing. To me, if, a, if, it's a, if it is a mental health day, this is my mental health day. Unless I am waiting on an organ, I'm on a, 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 an organ donor. Unless I'm on the list waiting up for a kidney or something like that, nothing. Don't call me. Don't call me. <laughs> my children will. My children know. Like if this is my time, that this is my time. Why? Because you don't ask for it all the time, and it's necessary. It's necessary. You have to. Self care has to be self care. Okay. And I know that that's something that I need to work on, mm-hmm. um, especially being in a new job capacity, okay. um, especially having children ranging, you know, like you from 14 all the way down to three mm-hmm. and just everything that we have to do in life. What do we say? Superwoman syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I have <coughs> to learn to set boundaries. I have to learn how to completely unplug because that's why you just told on me and then you was like, yeah, uh-huh. You, I, saw, I, saw how, I saw your response. I knew. Because I will take a day, but I am responding to emails. I'm taking phone calls. I'm doing all of those things. And so, but I'm like, well, because I need to. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, you don't know what you need to do mm-hmm. is completely unplug, find that balance. So then that way you can operate at your best. Mm-hmm. And so I think myself and a lot of our listeners and viewers, um, that's a challenge mm-hmm. because we, it's so hard to completely unplug. But we, there's a, we have to understand that it's about quality versus quantity. I would rather have <clears throat> a true self care day versus a, four-week vacation, you know, and so sometimes what you do in that four hours is more beneficial for you self-care-wise than what you could do in four full days. So it's, you know, when you talked about, I still take those calls, I respond to those texts, I do all this. Are you telling me that four hours that the world is going to collapse or those people that you're responding to that they're going to collapse and everything that you're working on is going to be scrapped if you are not available for four hours? No. Another thing I tell people, no is not a dirty word in my category. I have gotten to the point where if it's not something that I want to do, that I'm, wi- that I'm willing to commit myself to, then I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem saying, no, I'm not, I'm not available. You know, we a lot of times overextend ourselves. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to disappoint anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't want them mad at me. Or, you know, or, well, you know, if, well, after all, I guess I could. But we do it. But part of us is doing it very begrudgingly because it's imposing. So you have to learn how to be not I'm not going to say stingy with your time, but you learn, have to learn how you, we do so much that we're required to do that we have to do that when you have that free time for yourself, you have to be OK with saying, I'm going to use this time the way I want to do my children. You know, I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm ensuring that those areas that sometimes get neglected because we are working and saving the world that I have to make sure that I'm putting back into those things. So self-care, I'm a huge proponent of self-care, real, genuine self-care. Prioritizing, you know, we will get, you'll have Brenda's birthday brunch, you'll have Gloria's going away party, you'll have, you know, 
um, uh, Frida's, you know, divorce party. You'll have all these things. You have your sorority saying you got to do this. You got your church saying this. You got your church. Uh, the, the you're on the food ministry. We got Brother John says repass. You got your husband saying, hey, can you look for this and fax it over? You know, get it sent over to me at, by twelve and it's ten fifty. You got all of these things going on. And guess what you're doing? Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I got it. I'm on top of it. I'll make sure I'll get it done. So you're committing yourself and you're overexerting yourself. You don't even realize that that's creating stress. It's creating anxiety. It's creating a place where you're doing things from resentment. So if you don't set boundaries, if you don't say there's only so much that I can do, if you don't recognize that you have limitations and communicate that to the people who are making these demands of you, you're always going to be behind the eight ball. So um, self-care is huge. Um, again, finding a therapist. If you do decide to find a therapist, making sure that it's a good fit. I've seen people go and devote a year to therapy. And I'll say, how long were you seeing your previous therapist? For a year? Well, how do you think it, we, I, I never felt connected. You spent an entire year, year. Wow. going to see, it's not even monetarily about the money you've spent. It's about That's the a time. year that you could have been a lot further. Mm -hmm. I tell people a lot of times, I wish ethically um, it was acceptable to take a, a before picture of a person the day they walk into the office to start therapy mm -hmm. and maybe six months in, mm -hmm. I would love for them to see the before and after. When you start devoting that time and really putting the work in, um, we're not supercomputers. You can be a great attorney, but if my marriage is falling apart, you know, I can be a spectacular spouse, but if my children don't feel a connection to me, I can be a great, you know, I, I can be a great, you know, person at church, a great pastor. But if I have a, a strained relationship with everybody else in my family, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we're not supercomputers, you know, so we have to kind of make sure that in any area that we can be at operating optimally that we're doing that. You have so much to offer and so much to share and so much to teach. How do we get a hold of you? Mm -hmm. Well, you can reach me. Um, my website is www.tdroylcpc.com. Um, you can also visit my pro, uh, check out my profiles on therapyforblackgirls.com and psychology today. If you contact me, via any one of those vehicles, there is a 100% chance that I am going to answer and feel those calls and respond to those emails. 16 years in private practice and I am still responsible for, field, for fielding and scheduling all of my calls because I want that initial contact. I want that initial mm -hmm. contact and, and, and experience with you. So. All of those, I can be reached by, in all of those areas. The, my website, Psychology Today, and um, therapyforblackgirls.com. That is awesome. So you mentioned to me prior to coming that mm -hmm. there were just one or two things that you mm -hmm. absolutely wanted us to know. Mm -hmm. Did you cover those, or mm -hmm. is there still a nugget mm -hmm. somewhere mm -hmm. deep inside of Tyler mm -hmm. that you want us to know before we let you go today. The most important nugget, I think I, I think I touched on everything, but the most important nugget, I had a mom tell me, and this is still to this day the most profound thing that I've ever heard in a therapy session. I had a mom say to me, I am here so that my children won't have to be. And I think 
when you're struggling or you're contemplating whether or not therapy is right for you, if you can't make that decision for yourself, consider the people that are closest to you. Consider the people that you love the most. Like I said earlier, a lot of people who are there in therapy, actively in therapy, are really there because of the people that they love that should be there as opposed to them. And it's out there. The help is out there. You don't have to start off. You know, it can be very intimidating. Speak with a therapist first. Get an idea. Call me so I can tell you what to expect and what not to expect. Um, and then what your options are. Because you don't have to just go and sit in a therapist's office anymore. That is awesome. So you have given us so much today, as you give us so much every day. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate you coming mm-hmm. um, because, again, we want people healthy mentally, physically, emotionally. We want people to be their best selves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so here at Pros and Politics Podcast, mm-hmm. we have the Tylers, we have the John Pierres, we have all those people mm-hmm. to come on and have a conversation with us so that way we can take those nuggets mm-hmm. that you all have and then apply them mm-hmm. because it's the life application, right? Mm-hmm. So you can tell me, Kahala said boundaries, you can tell me you do way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell me, you know, you think, I mean, there's so much more in you that you know Mm -hmm. but if I don't apply it to my life Mm -hmm. it's just words Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. we have to get into a space Mm -hmm. where we receive the information and then we actually apply it to Mm -hmm. our day-to-day lives to Mm -hmm. be better people Mm -hmm. and so we are so grateful that you came you didn't have to come but thank you for having me and like I said you were the first person that I thought um, thought of in this space. Will you come back? Absolutely. Yay, Absolutely. Thank you, so thank you for having me. Thank Absolutely. You. I'm so excited. And we will see you again and again yes. on Pros and Politics Podcast. Thank, you. thank so, you. It's been amazing. Thank you. So thank you so much for joining us today as we talked about the uh, mental health of the African-American woman in our series on mental health in America with the African-American community. So thank you so much for joining us and we will see you again next Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in.